Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. We're back in the building. It is Wednesday. Man, we're talking all things Detroit Lions. We got about a week and a day until the Lions are officially in camp. Rookies coming tomorrow. And what's more exciting than that is Grifka is back in the building. Grifka, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, you know how it is. 50 days to the NFL season starts. 50 days. 5-0, man. One of your favorite Lions, Griffka. Big old 5-0 by Rod Marinelli, one of his favorite uh, players of all time. You remember him, right? Oh, yeah. How could you not go wrong with Hawaiian Punch? Probably, what, the biggest <laughs> reach ever? Akika Alama Francis in the high second round. Oh, my goodness. It brings back nightmares and memories. Uh, let's let's keep it moving. I mean, Rod, Captain Rod thought he had great pad level, though, and that he had a sharp shovel. You remember that? Yeah, he did a great job handing me my five my five dollar bag today at Wendy's for lunch, man. I have to say, hey, man, nice pad level handing me my uh, double cheeseburger with French fries, chicken nuggets, and the drink and the cookie. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, no doubt about it. But yeah, fifty days until like real football. I mean, like I said, next week they'll be open up camp, which will be tremendous. So today on the show, we're going to talk about uh, continue our dollars and cents series. We got running backs, we got linebackers. We're going to talk all about um, their contracts, the amounts, when they end, who's got the dead money, who's got the big guarantees. Talk all about that. But before we get to that, Grifka, let's hit on a couple uh, quick news and notes. Uh, Melvin Gordon uh, really came out of the woodwork this week and kind of said uh, he's not going to show up to camp. He wants to get piz If he doesn't, um, he's uh, looking to get traded. I mean, I got this guy in a bunch of fantasy leagues, so I want him out there for that reason. But I was thinking we play him in week two at Ford Field. Me and you will be tailgating. We'll be in the building. It'd be nice not to have Melvin there because the Chargers are a heck of a team, but they're not as tough without uh, a big Melvin Gordon in the backfield. I mean, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I mean, anytime the Lions like, would be able to play somebody, if they're missing a superstar, they can do damage. I'm all for it. I'm not one of those guys like, but I want to have him take on the best. <laughs> No, I don't care. W's a W. I don't care who's on the other side of the field. It doesn't matter right. to me. So if he's not if he's not going in week two, I'm all for it. Um, I don't really see that happening though. I think it's going to be one of those things where if he's going to hold out, he'll be out a, a few weeks, and then he'll be there. You know, come week three, week four, ready for uh, ready for the season. And obviously, it's week two, so he'll you know start to get his sea legs underneath him. You know, week uh, week one and be uh, pretty much ready to go full bore week two. Um, just on a side note, this seems to be happening a lot because I think was it I just recently saw that uh, Zeke Elliott is trying the same thing for the Cowboys that he wants to get paid, and uh, it seems like that's what a lot of the running backs are doing now, simply because their life, uh, the NFL lifespan of a running back is so short that they want to get all that money up front as opposed to try to get paid later. No doubt, man. Grifka, if 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 you if you would listen to the Detroit Kool-Aid platform other than when you're talking, you would know that I've given Chuck a bunch of crap on the fantasy show. He brings up Zeke Elliott whenever he can because of his Cowboys fandom. And I told him, you you might want to be careful. Zeke uh, might not be showing up. Uh, oh, no, he'll be there. He'll be there. Like, I mean, I think that's the thing now. These guys know they got to sort of put up something because they're not getting paid properly. And I know the running back position is a little bit tough, but – um, I, I would expect more guys to do this. The NFL pay structure is kind of crazy in the NFL across the board, but especially at the running back position. So I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, Melvin Gordon has a little bit of leverage. Uh, Zeke, two years left or something, not a ton, but he is a, a stud back. So 
I'm kind of interested to see what happens with both, but uh, I'll have to ask Chuck that on Monday because he was adamant, no big worries, and now, like say, his boy is maybe not going to show up. So that's interesting. Uh, let, let me let me throw a Lions item to you, Grifka. Your boy, GT, the guy that you cried over for week week and week uh, after week last year about, oh, we quit the season, we give Golden Tate, he's a Hall of Famer, we can't live without him. I mean, the guy came out and said Matt Stafford is the best quarterback he's ever played with, really gave him some love. I, I think there's some alternative motives there by number uh, 15, former number 15 for the Lions. But uh, I guess it's always nice to hear good stuff about Stafford, saying he's a good teammate, he's a hard worker, he really can play football at a high level. I mean, I was encouraged to hear that. What would you think? Yeah, I was there with you. I'm not quite for sure why he would uh... – why you go back and you know say all that? He did play with Russell Wilson and I. I mean Eli Manning or whatever you wanted to name. Come on, Hearts and Wentz. Yeah, whoever. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's still. <laughs> I mean, I don't care where. It doesn't matter anymore. Well, he's playing what with Eli Manning this year. So and they had a couple, couple camps already. So he must realize <laughs> that Eli Manning's nowhere near in the class of Matthew Stafford. So I, I, I have to believe. I mean, just that. Stafford looked for him so much. Maybe that's all I could all I could take with that. It's just like this who had some sort of kinsman that anytime he needed to pass the ball and get a first down, he was always looking for Golden Tate. Where I don't think other quarterbacks are doing that. Yeah, like I said, I just took it as any positive words are good. I actually saw too just the other day Stafford out throwing with Marvin and and Danny Amendola. I think I'm gonna do. We won't do it today, but. When we talk about receivers and stuff, I got I got a kind of a hot take on Danny Amendola, where I think this guy is sort of being overlooked. I think he might be a, a more integral part than people are giving him credit for. And and the Lions will be back to having three three receivers whenever they want, along with the tight end, along with some other you know better defense. I, I'm really getting excited for this season. So, um, you got anything else, Grifka, before you do dollars and cents? Are you good? No, let's hop into this, man going on Detroit Kool-Aid listeners by now most of you have probably heard of reality sports online the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager but the question is have you tried it it's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is all about I'm talking free agency multi-year contracts a rookie draft multi-team trades franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code KULAID, one word lowercase, promo code KULAID, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, man. Let's uh, like you said last week. Uh, we're talking dollars and cents, Grifka. We're talking all about that money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. We're talking that dough, Grifka. That paper. That dollar, dollar. And what we got to do is talk running backs and linebackers. So what I want to do is start off with the R Bizzles, the RBs, man. My, one of my favorite positions on the football team. Let's get yeah, right I'm a into big it. Fan as well. <laughs> Man, you are just, you know, we don't have a sponsorship with Wendy's or Arby's. So you're just giving people <laughs> free pub today. I, I, and you don't even eat fast food. This guy's been, a, you've been on a diet for like a decade. So I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, Arby's is good. And Wendy's. I like them both. Um, but Griff, let's talk some other Arby's, the running backs. And oh, okay. uh, we got, we got Theo. We got Carry On. We got CJ Anderson. We got Ty Johnson. We got a guy named Mark Thompson at the bottom of the roster. We got Double Z um, on this football team and, and a few others. So we're going to get into them right now. And uh, 
man, I'm I let's start let's start with Theo Riddick right here. Not only is he kind of the elder statesman at this point, uh, you know, C.J. Anderson probably a bit. Um, I don't know. They might be about the same age. Well, let me pull that up. But uh, Theo Riddick, man, making a base of three point four million bucks when he uh, resigned, he got a signing bonus of a million. Roster bonus of eighty-seven thousand. Workout bonus. He was at all the workouts, I believe, one hundred twenty-five k. Um, this guy's going to be a cap hit of four point six. I know he's come up in previous shows, as you would say. You know, you and others are kind of counting this guy out. If he doesn't blow the world away, you're ready to get rid of him. I remember I said last year in our dollars and cents, don't pretend like three, four million bucks is nothing when it comes to a running back because they don't. They don't get paid. This isn't the NBA. And uh, I don't know. I'm interested to hear your take now of where you see Theo this year, what you think about his uh, his dollars and cents there. Well, I mean, like you said, uh, him and CJ, they're actually both uh, 28 years old. So, uh, and this is what Theo was in his last year of his contract. So I do believe that. I think he's going to have to show a little bit because his dead cap is only, if they were to cut him, is only going to be like, uh, nine was it 962 962,000 a little bit over that which really in the whole scheme of things isn't isn't that much to have have on your books as a dead cap so I do believe that that he will have to show a little bit um that he you know he needs to uh, you know beat out Ty Johnson I know we had discussed this before and I mean I know you believe Theo Riddick has its own little skill set but I think Ty Johnson could be that guy that may that could replace him so yeah, I think he, he he does have to show a little something in the preseason to show it's like, okay, last year the contract, we have you, because if not, dead cap of you know, less than a million bucks, you know, the Lions uh, could uh, could release him, and uh, they're really not going to feel a pinch. All right, Griff, I hate to do this to you, but uh, the, the people on Twitter, have you seen, you have a couple fans out there. I mean, not many, but a couple. But, um, you know, again, I have to remind you sometimes, we heard you the first time after you said it four times. I I don't know. I, gosh, I'm torn on this one because I think, you know, you and others, again, I always bag on you because you kind of take the, the normal answer. You know, it's always the what the consensus is. Like I said, most people are thinking, man, if he doesn't show us a lot, I, I'll just cut him and save the money. Well, okay. We, we've seen there's not really any studs out there. Bobby Quinn's got 30 million already that he hasn't done anything with. So I don't know that you want to get rid of a guy that has a pretty unique skill set. I mean, he can, we know he can catch the football. He's shown flashes of running, but he's also shown times where they try to give him more, more rushes and he's just not effective. I, I think this comes down to what does Daryl Bevel think of Theo Riddick? Because I've been really disappointed with how he's been used over the last couple years. I remember about three years ago or so. I mean, gosh, they were getting this guy in all types of screen game. You would run him in the middle of the football field. Nobody could guard him. I mean, getting in the end zones and not only just in the end zone. He had a, a year or two there where he was scoring big touchdowns or helping us win football games. So when I'm looking at this money, I'm like, all right, you know, I think Carlos Hyde got around five million last year. Obviously, he's been bounced around to a couple different teams. Theo, you know, making that base of just over three, but with that cap hit of nearly five. I mean, unless Ty Johnson blows it away. And if and if Daryl Bevel has a plan for this guy, I mean, 28 years old, like you said, last year, I don't see why you don't just hang on to him and utilize this guy. I mean, not only in the past game, like, you know, make him make him a, a glorified receiver and put him in the slot, move him around so nobody knows where he is and, and really utilize his talents. Because when I see him, when either when we're at practice or in different areas, I think Theo has... I don't know. He just has something about him where I think he can make plays, but he can't do it by himself or he can't do it when he's not being used. So as much as we want to see carry on, who we'll get to in a moment, um, this guy can do some things. So go ahead and, and put him to use and get all you can out of that money. And uh, it doesn't mean giving him 10 carries a game and, and, you know, eight passes, but it means, yeah, on third down and different situations, like let's use this guy. So, I'm uh, I'm usually the guy that's trying to save every penny, but this is one where I'm thinking, unless there's a really better option, I want Theo on this team because to me he's almost the number two when it comes to impactful backs, you know, uh, for the Lions right now. 
Well, that just to, I guess, piggyback on your your uh, take on him. So you kind of going to agree with me? Well, no, I'm just going to add that. Like you said, in the third down back, what one thing Theo Riddick does very well that if Ty Johnson is going to beat him out is that Theo Riddick picks up a blitz pretty well. I mean, he's I mean, he is a little smaller, but he doesn't mind sticking his head in there to pick up a blitz, especially on third down when, you know, it's third and medium, third and long, and he's not in the route. Or if he's like, you know, if there's nobody blitzing, then he goes out to the flat. Or, you know, like you said, you know, he goes up the middle and, you know, waits there in the middle of the field to, to take a pass. So he, he does do that very well. And once again, picking up a blitz for a running back is a mindset. And if that's something, you know, somebody's looking to beat out Theo Riddick, they're going to have to do that as well as he does. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happened with him. He's a, he's a guy to keep your eye on, no doubt about it. But I thought because of his contract number and kind of being a tenured guy on the team, we'd start off start off with him. Let's uh, let's get to the other kind of vet that they that they have, and that's also vying for that number two spot. Let's uh, let's go to C.J. Anderson Grifka. Talk about him a little bit. I mean, had. This was a guy I remember not even two years ago in fantasy football. He was he jumped way up the charts based on what he did in Denver. People were thinking, oh, man, this guy is like 24, 25 years old. He's the lead back in Denver. And he just did not produce. I mean, he just he just got, you know, kind of down the tubes. Then he got booted to the Panthers, I believe. Didn't do anything there. Then he shows up in L.A. with the Rams and the. Uh, Man, did he play well when he got the football. I mean, this guy at times looks super chubby, but, I mean, he was making plays, getting first downs, scoring touchdowns, doing all types of things for the Rams last year. And the Lions, like, held their water and kind of looked at Malcolm Brown, a few other guys, and then said, hey, C.J. Anderson is the best available. He brings a a veteran presence. You know, he's still – um, decently young guy at the running back position. I mean, where you can get a year or two out of him, no doubt about it. He makes a base of $1 million signing bonus of 200,000. He does have that roster bonus of making the team of 137.5. Uh, uh, he has workout bonus, which he's hit. I mean, do you see, do you see CJ Anderson in the sweatpants Grifka when he's wearing the, like it's 90 degrees out this summer and he's got the all, uh, extra heavy duty sweats and sweatshirt on. Have you seen this? Uh, no, I have not seen that. <laughs> oh my goodness. He, I got to send you a photo. This guy looks like he's about 300 pounds when he has this all sweatshirt. I don't know if he's trying to drop LBs, but it doesn't do him any favors, but I'll never understand how these football players can be out there in what, uh, April, May, June, wearing uh, super heavy hoodies under their jerseys. That doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, C.J. Anderson, biggest culprit of that that I that I've seen. Man, it's crazy. But uh, hopefully he's in shape, ready to go. I mean, I don't mind those numbers. Again, a cap hit of just 1.5 million to me, it's a no-brainer. If he helps you and can bring in him, carry on, and Theo can all get along well, it's a great addition. If he's not in shape, not ready to go, or can't cut it, and Ty Johnson has more juice, you know, you could also move on from the guy. But uh, I'm happy to have C.J. Anderson on this roster. I'm not expecting huge things, but I'm thinking he's good injury insurance. He's a decent overall football player, and uh, he adds a little bit of a little something-something, man, that I'm happy to have on our team this year. Yeah, he's he's going to be a big part of the team. He's going to be that veteran backup that they're looking for. Once again, uh, like you said, if something happens to carry on, he's been around the block. He knows what to do. He knows how to carry himself as a pro. Nothing's going to, he's not going to be wide eyed. He's not going to be, you know, have butterflies in the stomach, you know, stuff like that. So he knows what's going on. Um, Like you mentioned his history, I guess the biggest thing is, you know, he went to Oakland and Oakland was pretty sorry last year and he didn't, you know, he signed with them and didn't even play for him. I think he was what cut a week or two after and was signing with Oakland. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping he's more LA Rams than he was Carolina Panthers. And he's got to be better than what LeGarrette Blunt did for us. So, you know, like you said, his cap hits, not that much, even if they were to release him as dead caps, only, you know, 450,000. So, I'm not expecting that, though. I'm expecting him to to be on the roster. Um, So if he produces anything, anything more than what LeGarrette Blunt gave us, it's going to be 
totally worth the one point four salary cap. You know, hit that 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 he's going to bring to Detroit. Yeah, I just pulled it up. Twenty eight years old, so same him and Theo, kind of the same. I, I mean, there's a chance it could come down to they may only want him or Theo. You know, there's a chance they could want both and move on from, you know, Zach Zanner or some of these other depth guys. And like, what do you do with the rookie when, when we get to him? Cause again, you spend a draft pick. I mean, he's got crazy speed. What do you do? So I, you know, I don't know other than Theo that it'll really be a dollars and cents issue. It'll be more performance based, but I'm really curious to see how it shakes out, who they end up keeping. And then, how they how they work it on Sundays because the next guy we're going to talk about Grifka is Carry On Johnson. This guy, I don't even know. Like when they drafted him, I remember having the the one of the first ever Kool Aid cast with the Big Hughes, and I was like, Carry On Johnson was on my board as a target. I liked him. I didn't love him. I thought he had some injury issues as well as he ran kind of upright. But what I really didn't like is that Darius Geis kept falling in the draft and a couple other running backs. And, uh, and we spent money to go up and get him. I was like, we didn't have many draft picks that that years, but man, and man, is this one I'm super happy to just say, you know, that I was a little bit wrong on, even though I didn't not like the player. I mean, I love what he did in his rookie year when it comes to on the football field. I think that carry on's the type of guy that, you know, had he stayed healthy, might've got around a thousand yards. I'm expecting a pretty big uptick in his, you know, workload as well as just, you know, when he lines up in the backfield, I just think, man, this guy fits everything I look for in running back when it comes to size, vision, can catch, can pass, protect, smart, um, tough guy, break tackles enough speed to at least make some big runs as we saw last year. So those are all the things on the football field. I like now, when you're talking about his, his contracts, dollars and cents, I mean, this is an absolute no brainer for me because again, this is why I put so much stock in the draft Grifka while you're out blowing bubbles, playing tiddlywinks, seesaw, red Rover. I'm sitting there watching the draft because we're getting a guy like Kirion Johnson in the middle upper second round in his second year. So we've had him for a year now. He he knows what he's doing. He's going to be the workhorse back. Year two, he's making a whopping $700,000, $775,000 as his base salary. Um, I mean, gosh, it's just a cap hit of 1.4 for a guy with this type of upside. I mean, if that doesn't show you why the NFL draft is crazy important, I don't know what does. I'm looking for a big year from carry on. He's the lead dog. As much as I talked about Theo and CJ, I want this guy being out there as much as possible and uh, want him getting the football in all types of ways. And I think finally, I was telling a buddy the other day, like we're going to go into the season with a, what I feel is kind of a upper echelon running back. I mean, I think he has probably top 10 upside. He's probably in that 12 to 15 range in regards to overall right now. And uh, man, he could be special. So I'm super excited to see what he can bring. And I love his contract. Yeah, you got to love having a running back like Carrion Johnson on that uh, rookie contract. You know, he's going to be around for another few years. I mean, what, he's 1.4 against the cap this year, 1.7 next year, and then he finally reaches the 2 million plateau in 2021. So if uh, he can take that leap forward that we're looking that um, a lot of a lot of players in the NFL have between their uh, rookie and sophomore seasons, um, He's definitely worth every penny. Uh, I know we uh, talked about it last year. Even if he got healthy near the end of the season, should we put him in just to get those reps? And um, it was one of those things once uh, the Lions decided, uh, you know, the season wasn't really going anywhere. They just kept him out. So uh, that's probably for the best that happened. You know, he's going to have fresher legs. He would have had him anyways, but still, um, I, I don't think that injury is going to carry over to this year. And, um, I, I see big, uh, big leap forward for this guy as well, especially with the offense that uh, Bevel's looking to run. So, you know, like you said, 1.4, you know, he's, that guy's worth every penny. Every stinking penny, man. Grifka, carry on. Carry on my wayward son. Man, this guy, we just need him to carry on. Carry on my wayward son. Carry on the football. Carry like I could see Carry on being the face of this football team, Grifka. Like he, it always comes back to the quarterback. But I mean, if this guy balls out the way I think he can, and also gets the type of workload, but also a offensive coordinator that you know, gosh, just has a plan and has a way to get him 
get him running lanes, get him in the open space when it comes to the pass game. Like, gosh, man, he could be the talk of Detroit in a year or two, no doubt, in my opinion. So I'm a super excited. 21 as a rookie, 22 years old coming in this year, 23 and 2020. I mean, before he's even up for a new deal, we'll just barely be in that 24 years old range. I mean, that's absolutely money when it comes to uh, that position as well as this guy's no nonsense. I mean, I could talk about him the whole show, but he uh, he's just, you know, uh, just a straight up football player, in my opinion, like he's some, he's real humble. He's funny on Twitter. He was electric when he was out there. I mean, every time he seemed to get touches, like good things were happening. So like I say, we could go on and on, but uh, carry on Johnson. Carry on my You'd be hearing that a lot this year, Griffco, because uh, super excited about this guy. I love his dollars and cents, love his contract. So, um, Grifka, with, uh, give us your take on the rookie. Run through uh, Ty Johnson's contract or uh, what you know about it. And uh, he was taken kind of in that, uh, I think he was he was a seventh rounder, I believe. Him and uh, P.J. Johnson uh, were in the seventh. So, again, really, really not making much money. Do you know much about this guy? Do you have high hopes for him? Or what do you, what do you think? Uh, like you said, he's that one of those late-round picks. So those um... – those uh, contracts seem to be pretty standard. The only thing that you know that may change is like what you get for like signing bonus, something like that. So, I mean, pretty much base salary for anybody coming in that uh, round is going to be like the four hundred ninety-five thousand. You know, bringing signing bonus, any other bonus just brings a cap hit of like five hundred thirty-seven thousand. It goes up a little next couple of years. You know, um, next year's cap hits like six hundred twenty-seven, then uh, third year seven seventeen, but. This is one of those things he's going to have to develop. I don't think he's going to be the number two anytime soon. Um, he may be, like we had brought up, but, you know, like we had discussed earlier in the show, he may be the replacement for Theo Riddick. But he would, um, I, I thought Theo Riddick may have to really show something to keep him around. Um, but I think if the Lions have really any hopes this year of doing any big things, like you stated, they, they're going to need Theo on the team. So Ty Johnson to be able to take over Theo Riddick is really going to have to show, you know, his worth to be able to supplant Theo Riddick, you know, one of the guys that's been here for a bit, you know, one of the widely veterans of this team. So even with the, like his salary right here, it's just the late round. If he does anything, you know, that's all gravy for the Lions this year. So um, maybe in a couple of years, he may be the guy, you know, he's the number two behind carry on. And um, at that point, you're going to look for him to put up some bigger stats. But this year, um, he might be one of those guys they try to hide in the practice squad, or if he does make the team, He'll be like either the kicker punt returner or he might be one of the, you know, those healthy scratches. So that, that's kind of what I'm expecting out of Ty Johnson this year. Griffka, did you just say Ty Johnson in the next year or so will be the number two behind carry on? Did you say that? You said what were my expectations? That's what I would be looking for. Yeah. Really? Like, I I mean, I love this guy's speed, but I mean, w- would you like in 2020 to have him as your number two running back? I mean, the guy's never even played a snap yet, and you're penciling him in behind our workhorse back. I mean, what what's he ever done? Like, to me, he's, if you're looking at great upside, be like, okay, he maybe can take one to the house every every blue moon, maybe be in the kick game, like you said, special teams, and then you know, at best, this guy's probably like a third or fourth running back on any roster. I mean, he's not going to be a number. If he's your number two, you got issues. Okay, says you. But, I mean, you ask for expectations. That's what are you looking for. I mean, I guess if you're going to want to go out and draft another running back high next year, I mean, then what, you're going to have two bell cows? I mean, each one's going to want the ball. So at some point, we're not, somebody's We're not drafting one high, but we're not, we're not anointing Ty Johnson as the number two because we took him in the seventh round. I mean, gosh, if Theo was taken in like the fifth or sixth and he's toiled around in the third, you know, second, third, or even the fourth running back slot, why would you think Ty Johnson is going to be way better than that? I mean, again, I didn't maybe, say as you say, let, let, point, he's your number two. Well, he's your number two number- in a year. Theo Riddick was number two on this team for a number of years, but now we're getting off track. So let's continue with the dollars and cents. So once again, where he was at, we're not getting off track. I got to call you when you make these dumb statements, like that you're just giving this guy the number two running back. I mean, well, I can bring up every time you pull up, bring up a dumb statement that you have like high hopes for all like these late round guys too. 
I mean, I, I'm sure when we get to, I, I, I'm sure you, you, you had PJ Johnson. I'd ha- I guess I'd have to go back and listen to that show again. Your high hopes for PJ Johnson, how he was going to replace Max Harrison in two years. But I guess that's different because he's a seventh round run stuffer, you know. So give me a break, Grifka. Man. Grifka, my my high hopes are that I've I've talked up Travis Fulgham. You know, how I've talked him up. Hey, maybe he's the four. Maybe he's the five. Maybe he can give you something. Like, are you talking? I, 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 are you talking two or three years from now? Once yeah, again, I think we'll, get said... to Travis, we'll get to Travis Fulgham on the next show so we can talk about that later. So make sure you have your statement ready. So in two <laughs> years when you have you have him at the number five, okay? So if he, in two years he's your number five, that's one hell of a pick then, okay? That's oh, all no, I got to say about that. No, I didn't say number five in, in two years. I said that right now that's my expectations. And next year I'm not going to say, oh, Travis Fulgham, just pencil him in as, as the number two. I mean, could he could he be a somewhat replacement for Marvin? Maybe in best Somewhat. case scenario, I just think you're crazy. I don't know why you're so high on, on Ty Johnson. Like what, what does he do that? You're just going to like him and carry on or your, your backs next year. I love to play against a team managed by you. I mean, if okay. he's your number three or four. Yeah. I, I got no issues, but you bump him up in that two range. I mean, I, I got to call you out. Okay. So once you know, mark it down. So next year, like, you know, when he's starting or, you know, yeah, not even starting when he's the number two men next year and he's putting up stats, you know, you can, I, I wrote it up. I did this. I, I got it. I was awesome. I got it. Griff, you thought he would suck. Okay. I mean, okay, we'll, we'll live with it. You, you asked for my opinion. I gave you my opinion and, you know, obviously, you know, Bob Quinn called you before and said, you know, Derek, what would you do with my roster here in Detroit? And you gave it to him. So, Okay, I mean that's fine. You you asked for my hopes, and I told you in a couple years, and you all of a sudden you think this guy's a junk back because he's a, you know, seventh round. Okay, fine, whatever. That's I mean that's fine. It's your opinion, my opinion, both are valid. Just because it's your opinion doesn't make it the right opinion. Well, well, first of all, uh, I think you get you've been eating a lot of this, Griff. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. You mean some of that Ty Johnson cornbread? I think with that take, but uh, what what is it? Reasonable minds can differ. Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on. But, man, I can't let stuff like that slide. So uh, you want to talk about your boy Double Z or you want me to introduce him uh, two Zs, you know, uh, alliteration. If he had three Zs, he'd be uh... – He'd be sleeping. <laughs> exactly. So why don't you take this one, Zach Zinner? You love him. I'm looking on Spot Track right now. They actually have his calculated market value at $2.9 million. But then when I go down and I try to find him uh, – they have no contract details on him. So I guess he's playing for a uh, medical um, scholarship of some sort this year. Yeah. I think he's got that, that one year deal on is what he's working on right now. And um, you're right. I couldn't find what his deal was either. So I guess I didn't dig deep enough on it, but I I know it's like the one year deal on this thing. Um, Let me guess. So I guess if they didn't have Ty Johnson as the backup, you'd be more than happy if Zach Zenner was the backup next year. So, you know, since he's been around, you probably really like him too. So, um, but anyway, backup, he can be down the depth chart. I'm not putting him at number two back. I mean, I don't know what football you're watching, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to live in any world with Zach Zenner or Ty Johnson or uh, whoever else you like is my number two. I'll take. That's fine. Um, Yeah. I think (laughs) Zach Zenner is very, um, uh, in this team, I think he's uh, very cuttable. Let's put it that way. So he's what like, you love this guy. What are you talking about? This is your favorite player on the team. Yeah, I love his initials, but I, I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> when he has like 40 yards at halftime, people are like, "Let's give this guy the ball all the time." And he's a bell cow. You know, th- there's a reason why. Uh, Cornbread. Yeah, there's a reason why he like. You know, he's the new Andre Fluell, and like every time a running back gets hurt, he's the first guy on the speed dial. I mean, drink no it in. So. Yeah, lots of lots of Kool-Aid and cornbread for those uh, Zach Zenner fans, no doubt about it. So, um, so you don't have a big take on him? You don't think he's going to make the team, or what's your take? No, I do not. I I think um he may be one of the final cuts, but I don't see him making the squad, especially if they mm-hmm. plan on keeping the guy. I hope you talk about want to talk about next, and that's uh that is our infamous fullback. <laughs> uh yeah man i uh i don't have a big take on zach center he's a hard guy to cut though i mean he always seems to be really good depth he uh, is gritty he he does decent when given minimal opportunities but again using our brain using our uh, football acumen grifka like you know is zach center's the number four or five running back on this team do i mind it if he beats out a few other guys no do i do i ever think he's much more than that when it comes to an nfl roster no 
But I love his smarts. I love his grit. I love some of the things he's actually done in NFL games to go off. So, I mean, I don't mind the guy, but uh, it'll just be a numbers game when it comes to the end of the day. Yeah, like I said, so, I, think, I think he'll be like maybe one of the final cuts, but I, I don't I don't think he'll make the roster. We heard you. Uh, okay. Uh, I think you wanted me to talk about uh, my guy, which, again, everyone's writing this guy off because he's, oh, man, he's been injured for, wow, one season. Yeah, that never happens in the NFL. Uh, Nick Bodden had some, I believe it was a knee injury last year. It took him out for the entire season. This guy, all he did was block for, I think, the, the two top rushers in all of college football before he was drafted. Now, am I a big proponent of drafting fullbacks and kickers and, and long snappers? No, but I, I can see where this uh, guy fit what they're trying to do. No one's even ever seen him on the football field, but if you go see a picture of him, he looks like an absolute monster. And uh, unless he has some nagging injury that just is totally debilitating, I love to see this guy on the team. I want him as our fullback more so than the people that think, oh, just throw Joe Dahl back there. Uh, Nick Bodden makes no money. I mean, a low seventh rounder again. Um, He can block. He can do a little bit if you want to kind of run a few gadgets here or there, throw it to him a little. But he's basically just a smash mouth fullback, which – the Lions drafted him for a reason. I don't know why one year would go by and you would just think, oh, we don't we don't need a uh, smash mouth fullback anymore, a guy we've never even really seen on the football field. So, again, I'm not going to get into all of his dollars, but I really want him to be healthy. I want to make this team, and I want him to shut some people up because I feel like just because you haven't seen a guy for a year doesn't mean that he can't do his role, which, again, is a very minimal but important role on this team. So I think just get out there, start – start making some good blocks, making holes for our running backs. And this guy could be a fan favorite. Yeah. Right. I'm right there with you. Get the bell. I mean, his contract, it's what I think he was taken a little earlier. I think what he was like, what a sixth round pick, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, he's still basically that rookie contract, you know, still the four ninety five. just his, um, his bonus is a little, um, his signing bonus was a little, a little less. So his cap hit this year is only the five sixteen. But uh, next year, his numbers are, are a little higher than what uh, Ty Johnson's will be. So, I mean, basically, because his third year, he'll be at 660 next year with um 681 cap hit. So, I, I like it, the fullback, if they have a plan for him, like you said, as opposed to throwing, like, you know, a defensive tackle in there or Joe Dahl in there, it allows you to run other plays as well. I mean, that fake, you know, dive and then the fullback, you know, kind of goes through the middle. Nobody's guarding him. So, he just takes, like, that little pop pass. Or I think fullbacks do have – have have set plays and nobody's expecting Joe Dahl to get the ball when he's in the backfield blocking for carry on or somebody. So it, it, I think it allows you to have a few more plays in the playbook that the defense has to practice and play for. Plus, like you said, the guy can, you know, looking at some of his tape and I know because I never saw him play in college, you know, get the bell laugh at me for that. But you know, some of the things he did do in college, he did, he did blow some holes open for those running backs. So uh, I, I believe he still can do that in the pros. So, it's got to be better than, you know, having a guard, you know, who's so used to like having a guy right in front of him, you know, try to blow something up as opposed to a regular running back or fullback, you know, having to go four or five yards before hitting somebody. So I think he's a definite, you know, a well-rounded addition to the team that allows you to run some offensive plays for him. And, you know, it's probably more effective blocker than anybody else that you could throw back there that, that would be playing out of position. And to me, he's just much better than no fullback, which is what we did for years. And we were wondering, like, why are we, why are we last in rushing? Why are we getting blown up in the backfield every play? Well, it's because we had these little tiny running backs that, and we had a bad offensive line, and we had no fullback to actually go. I mean, what are some of the best plays you see in football, Griff? Because when they have a fullback, he comes, he takes out that linebacker, the running back breaks off whatever side he needs to and then there's a big old hole that's old school football man it still works today so nick bodden man the 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 people and us here at the kool-aid cast are just telling you you just gotta do i mean you gotta do a little bit of this a little bit of this step your game up (laughs) you just gotta step your game up step your game up get healthy step your game up and get out there and smash people so we've talked enough about the fullback grifka I saved this one for you. I know it's one of your favorite parts of the show. Mark Thompson, Grifka, what do you think about him? I know you got something interesting to say. Hmm. I think I picked him out of the uh, cannon fodder basket is what Mark Thompson will be. He'll be one of those guys that has some game, has some 
good runs in the preseason, and then when he gets cut, everyone's gonna be like, "Why did why did we get rid of Mark Thompson? Didn't you see him against you know uh, you know Buffalo? I mean, you know, he had 75 yards rushing. He can do some real damage for this team." Yeah, yeah, that's Mark Thompson. No offense, Mark Thompson, but uh, you're not making the squad even with your uh, your contract of 495,000. So it's going to be like when you see Ty Johnson do a couple things in the preseason, you come on the show and tell me, see, Oakry, he's a, he's, he's got number two. He's got electric speed. Is that, that going to be you? In two years, man. I said two years. Oh, now it's two years. Okay. Uh, a minute ago, it was next year. He's our number two back behind carry on. Now you're backing off because I took you to task. No, I, I, said, I said a year or two. So, like I said, <laughs> give him a year or two. So, uh, oh, my goodness. Go back and listen okay. to it. It's fine. Rewind it, everybody. <laughs> All right, Grifka, are those the running backs? Can we move on to LBs, man? I, I'm I'm kind of loving our new linebacking core. We got to talk all about it. Yeah, let's uh let's move on to these guys. Grifka, we're starting with a guy that you ragged on. You almost quit on this football team. You you went out. This was your this was your uh reason or your agitator to go out and and play tiddlywinks all day when the Lions selected in the second round Jelani Tavai. This wasn't a guy you watched in your lazy boy. This wasn't a guy you knew anything about because you don't do your draft homework and you, you don't put in the work that I do. Uh, you, you quit on the team when they took this guy. And now all I see about this guy is he's big. He can move. He can play all three linebacker spots. He's got a, a really good demeanor. I mean, seems like a good football player to me. Now, did I did I jump for joy with this pick? No. But did I say some of the things you said via text? No. Johnny Tavai, Grifka, I mean – Give me your take on him while I kind of – I'm going to break down some of the numbers for you again to prove to you why the draft is king. Okay. Um, first of all, you didn't know who Jelani Dubai was either, so let's not be you fooling everybody listening to us because you had no idea who this guy was either. So uh, did, yeah. did I say bleep the Lions when they took him and then go quit, or was that when they took T.J. Hawkinson that you said that? That was when they took T.J. Hawkinson, to be honest with you, and then they took Jelani Tavai. So, um, and that, that's yeah. when you quit? And I still let you on the show for some reason. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I know plenty of people that don't like a tight end, and a lot of people didn't know who Jelani Tavai was. So, and let's not act like you knew who Jelani Tavai was either. So, we can uh, we cut that charade right now. So, Grifka, this has proven the point though. Like, even if it's not my favorite guy, I don't quit on it just because of who it is. I let it play out, and the more you read, the more you see. It looks like, hey, here's the thing. Bobby Quinn knows more than we do. Wow. Like, I'm willing to admit that. I don't know if you are, but, like, I'm willing to watch these things out. And here's another thing. I root for the guy when he puts on our jersey rather than just, oh, I I didn't want a linebacker in the second round. Well, who cares what you want sometimes? Like, this guy could end up being really good, and then you'll, you'll want his autograph on your mini helmet. Right. And, like, after the draft, I meant a couple of weeks after that, we were talking about Jelani Tivai. I said he could be a poor man's Chris Spielman for the Lions, and you made oh fun of me God. for that. So I, I, I don't get it. So he was a taxi machine in Hawaii. I said he could be a poor man's Chris Spielman. You're like, you're comparing him to Chris Spielman? I said, no, a poor man's Chris Spielman, not Chris Spielman. Uh, so give me a break. I, I mean, you didn't know why I jumped on you, Grifka, for that? Just like I did for Ty Johnson. You want to know why? Yeah, go ahead. It's a bad decision, period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. <laughs> you, like, this is where we miss each other. I don't know what the problem is. Like, yeah, I didn't, like, have Johnny Tavai at top of my draft board. I didn't jump for joy. When they took him, though, I was kind of like, oh, man, okay. And then I start reading up on him, doing my homework. Okay, yeah, we do need more linebacker help. So I start getting more into it. But then you go to the extreme from, like, hating it to, like, comparing him to probably the best linebacker the Lions have ever had. One of the top guys as far as grittiness that the league has seen. And again, the guy hasn't not only hasn't done anything, but like, that's why I get on you because you could just say, Hey, I think he's going to be a good depth linebacker. You might even start. I'm curious to see what he's going to have, but you go to like, when you put him and Chris Spielman before he does anything. Yeah. I have to get after you for that. Do you, I mean, you, do you say know Chris what the Spielman term likes this player. Do, do you know what the term poor man's means? You know what that means, right? I, you've, I you, do, wait, you've heard that you use it wrong. Use it correctly? Because no. it means you're similar to not on the same level. Okay? What tells same, you that he's similar to? Game, if they're both tackling machines, if they both run the middle, fine. But it doesn't that poor man's means you're not as good. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Give your take. Go give your take, wise man. There you go. It's all yours. The floor is now yours. <laughs> Oh, 
oh my goodness, calm down, Grifka. I already gave my take, and I was reiterating my take, is that I didn't like him to start, and then I like him more. Now, when we talk about his contract, you like him more. Why? Because I, I try to tell you every show the reason that we don't go out and pick up Antonio Brown because he's a good football player is because he wants 20 million bucks when you get a go big nasty linebacker for 700,000 for the next four years but I don't go out before he plays it down when I don't think he has crazy upside now if they go ahead and took uh, Devin White yeah to me Devin White you could say he has the upside to be uh, a good or, or a similar better type football player as Chris Spielman was a nasty linebacker for this team. My, my expectation of Johnny Tavai is maybe he'd start, maybe he can add some great depth. Maybe he can let Jared Davis roam on the outside and maybe he can turn into a, uh, you use the word tackling machine. I mean, yeah, he had some good tackles, but he was a tackle for loss. He has a good leader. He's a good leader, all those type of things. So I'm reiterating to you that like, his his ceiling i just don't know why we're jumping to these extremes uh for a guy you didn't even like you you almost quit on before they when they took him and now you're comparing him to the greatest linebacker in our team's history that's why i'm getting on you okay so first of all he's not the greatest greatest linebacker chris spielman is not the greatest linebacker in team history Okay, that's you, that's where you're wrong. He might be the one that you remember. I mean, now the greatest linebacker in team history is Joe Schmidt, and I didn't even see the guy play. Even even I know he's the greatest linebacker in team history. Okay, he's Joe Schmidt's probably one of the top ten middle linebackers ever to play the game. You know, and I love Chris Spielman, but he's not a top ten middle linebacker ever to play. Joe Schmidt is the best middle linebacker, is the best linebacker in the Lions I've ever had. Okay, hands down. So, I mean, so okay. Keep it next guy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever's right. Um, so like I said, he makes no money. I mean, I'm really intrigued to see this guy, uh, see what he can do. Uh, might as well go to the next guy, which is Devon Kennard, man. Another guy, um, before I get to his dollars, I remember when they, they picked this guy up, he was a guy off fans, radars off my radar thinking Devon Kennard. Okay. Played a little bit for the giants. Okay. He has some pass rushing ability. Uh, played in the middle with New York, which was odd, even though he's more of a, an outside rush player. Um, man, this guy really played well last year. I uh, grew to really not only love his play on the field, he was always setting the edge, getting after the quarterback, but he's a tremendous guy, I think, in the locker room. I don't know what it is about his temperament. He's like quiet, smart guy, but he also gets after it on the football field. So I love that. I mean, Base of 2.5, uh, 2.25 last year, 3.5 um, coming into this year. He does have a uh, <clears throat> uh, cap hit of nearly six. So he is one of our kind of higher paid defensive players. But, uh, man, I think he's outperformed what he did. He's not the youngest guy. He's going to be 28 years old. But uh, got him for a couple more years. And I uh, just love what he brings to the team. So, no uh, I don't want to say no issues with this contract because it, it's not a, a cheapo nothing deal. I mean, but the way he produced and what he brings, I, I feel like he can only build on it this year. And just uh, like I said, out exceeded my expectations and, and a really good football player for this team. Yeah, he's uh, one of those guys. I'm not going to worry about the uh, dead cap with this guy. I don't think even if Bobby Quinn does the New England Patriots way of maybe getting rid of a guy a year early. I mean, like you said, he's only got two years left on his contract and his dead cap this year is at 4.5, but we're not going to worry about that. Depending on what he does, depending on what the lines are looking to do, like you said, he's 28, going to be 29 next year. I mean, his salary cap next year is at um, 7.1, but his dead cap's only at 1.75. So if, um, if he does this year what he did last year for the team, we don't have to worry about that. If there's any drop in his play, that might be one thing you might want to look at that, that last year, they might just cut bait with him, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see that happening. I think Kennard uh, uh, brings an awful lot to this team. And I really think um, the Lions brass really like what he does. So I don't think Kennard's one of those guys where the, the Patriots may, you know, Oh, we'll get rid of him a year early. No, he's only got two years left on his contract. He'll be here this year. And I, I feel he'll be here next year as well. So, He's another guy um, that uh, leadership on the defense, solid player. He's uh, he's he's um, gonna help uh, Davis develop. So 
he's a guy you're going to keep around. So the five point, the five point nine mil cap hit, yeah, he's worth it. Yeah, I'm sort of with you there, but I mean, as I look at it more too, that seven point one cap hit, uh, they have a potential out after this year. So even if he was to play well, I think that's going to be a financial choice, to be honest, because an outside linebacker rush guy that only. I mean, again, I think he exceeded his his expectations in sacks last year. He got to the quarterback pretty well. I I mean, if he had less sacks this year, but still, you know, played solid as he did and tackles, setting the edge, as I said, you know, I think that would be fine. But I don't know that you can pay seven million dollar plus cap hit for a guy that might top out at six, eight sacks. You know, when you start paying outside backers, you know, the ten plus million, those are the guys that can get you fifteen or more uh, 12, 15 quarterback sacks, hits, all that type of stuff. So I think it could be a decision, especially, again, going to be 29 years old. But I'm, I'm, I know me and most of the fans were, were focused on this year. He's uh, he's penciled in as a really solid guy, a leader. And uh, like you say, just that uh, that cap hit this year is a no-brainer. But like I say, um, let's, let's see what he does, and let's see where he's at next year. But, again, pleasant surprise with Devin Kennard, no doubt about it. Hmm, let's go to another one of your favorites, Grifka. Hopefully you won't uh, go off the deep end here. Uh, Jared Davis, a guy that we took in the draft at number 20, a guy that I've always loved his athleticism. I always have bagged on him when we watch him on Sundays and he can't cover anybody out of the backfield or he takes the, you know, the one oaky fake to the outside and gets roasted and toasted. I mean, I'm not a fan of that, but uh, this is a guy that I think, you know, Again, is on a rookie deal. He's an absolute leader. He works his tail off. Talk to me about a little bit about Jared Davis while I kind of uh, get my head around some of his numbers here, and then I'll come back with uh, some more details on him. Yeah, it's uh, he's still in, in his rookie contract. Um, you know, his uh, cap hits the two point nine this year. Uh, next year goes up to three point four. And that, that he's got a lot of bonuses going into that because his base salary on uh, each year he's only making one point four base this year. And um, he's still under two next year with a base at 1.9. Um, we're not going to worry about dead cap this year. He's going to be here. I mean, dead cap, if they were to get rid of him, would be 4.5, but that's not going to happen. Next year, it's a little more, you know, a little more, uh, you know, I guess you have to look at it. It's going to be like one point, just short of 1.6. But I think the lines are liking where he's going from everything that I'm reading. I guess he's from he had a good camp you know the off-season camps he, he was doing doing pretty good there and he's developing one thing like you mentioned he really needs to work on is taking that first fake and better tackling angles I still think part of that does go back to his days in college where he might have been faster where he could make that angle but as we know everybody in the pros is pretty fast so he's his tackling angles seem to be off a little bit so that's something he definitely needs to work on um like I mentioned, I, I think it's one of those guys Devin Kennard needs to take under his wing. Um, obviously, I don't think Davis is looking to take Kennard's spot, so Kennard will be more than willing to help him out with that. So um, the guy does have a lot of upside. He just definitely needs to improve, you know, covering, you know, the, the running back side of the backfield, you know, getting juked pretty quick and definitely working on those tackling angles. Let's keep this thing moving, Grifka. We've got some other guys to talk about. Uh, Christian Jones was a guy they brought in, and they paid him pretty well. I mean, 2.4 mil um, salary this year, a cap hit of over four. Um, That's a lot. His PFF numbers were good last year. A lot of people thought, you know, "Ah, I'm not a big fan of Christian Jones. When you really look at it, he played well. Um, This is a contract that kind of jumps out to me of, remember seeing him at camp. He's just a big old dude. But if we got other big old dudes that don't make any money, Christian Jones may be a, a guy that either doesn't make this football team or has to sort of either renegotiate or you'd hate to pay that and push him down the roster to where he's not playing or making an impact. So I'm a little shaky on Christian Jones. Talk to me about him and uh, Jalen Reeves Maven. He's a rookie. Hasn't really done much. He's been hurt. He makes no money, like six hundred forty-five thousand. Um, but they're going to have to make a decision on him as well. Yeah, Christian Jones. It's the last year of his contract. Um, like you said, four point one. That's pretty high for a guy. I don't like. I know we had talked about this before. There seems some games just like the guy was like nowhere to be seen. We didn't even know if he was on the field. Now, with it, the last year of his contract, I don't see any other linebacker taking a spot 
I think he at least needs to be on here, you know, for depth. He may start the season as the um, starting outside linebacker, but it could be one of those um, jobs where uh, Tavai takes a spot some point in the year. Um, Christian Jones' dead money is only 875, so that's very palatable if they were to look to get rid of him. But I don't think they're going to simply because they, they need him on this team on how thin linebacker is. And you mentioned Reeves Mabe and um, a guy we both had high hopes for when they drafted him. Guy was really fast in college, played all over the field, but like you said, he just can't seem to stay on the field. He's had some injuries, still under that rookie contract. I don't even know if he'll make the team this year because uh, his dead cap's only three, 304000 so that's that's something the Lions would be, wouldn't have any problem, you know, chalking up to, uh, you know, not paying this guy and asking him to leave. So I don't think Reeves Maven has a spot on this team. I would like him to stay around just for his speed, but I don't know if if he's good enough even to be on. You know, he's good enough to play special teams, but I think the Lions can find other guys that play multiple positions that would take his roster spot. So. I don't think Ray Reeves Maven's going to make the squad. And that kind of leads me into another guy I know we had talked about, and that's Miles Killebrew. I think he's kind of the same boat. Just the guy's moved around a lot. I had high hopes for this guy. I thought he was going to be a big hitter, you know, coming in at safety. He struggled back there. Um, you know, he's on last year of his contract. His cap hit is only 864000 with dead cap 144000 Um, You think Killebrew can be? Is going to make the squad. Do you think he has a spot here, or do you think he's going to be shown the door? Grifka, I listened to you. I really did. But the only thing I was thinking for most of your last take was, can you say palatable three times in a row for me? Sure. Palatable, palatable, palatable. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, I was I was laughing today on GMFB when they were making fun of Kyle Brandt because he can't say the word. Um, oh, gosh. What was it? Uh Oh, now it's going to slip my mind. They keep making, oh, pivotable or pivotal, pivotal. <laughs> pivotal. pivotal. I can't, he, he was screwing it up and they had this whole thing on it, which is funny. So when you said palatable, I, but you <laughs> knocked it out of the park. So, um, kill brew man, quick take on him. I just think he's a, he's a very solid special team player and, and in a very pinch can, can give you both things at linebacker and at, uh, safety spots if needed. So. I think he's carved out his role in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a guy that they want to keep just because of what he brings on those levels. This isn't a guy you're going to have to pay big money for. It's not a guy that has, you know, these tremendous expectations anymore, I don't think. But uh, as we see at training camp, the guy like lives in the weight room. He's rocked up. He's a beast. He seems to be doing his job on, on all those different levels. And the ship is sort of sailed on him being an every down player. So I think that, you know, he, he's got his role and he'll either play it with the Lions or he'll go be solid in that same type of role with another team. So I uh, I would like to see him stay here just at a, at a that type of level, that type of value. Uh, Steve Longa, Grifka's another guy that this is a guy that's really been under the radar. He's kind of been hurt. I think we even either got rid of him and then he ended up coming back our way. But this is a guy that I have always liked a little bit. When I see him, he seems real athletic just kind of been in the system long enough, kind of been around the team, should be a good depth player. I think Steve Longa could maybe, gosh, depending on how these linebackers shake out, I could see him sort of being a, either a backup or a backup's backup, depending on how many they keep. I mean, he makes 500,000 bucks. I mean, he has he has nothing in regards really to, to guarantees. It doesn't appear. Uh, we'll see. I mean, everyone writes him off as being cut, but, I feel like he can run and tackle and pretty physical guy if he can stay on the football field and, and depending on how they want to do with the backup linebackers. And, you know, I know you said Jalen Reeves Maven will be gone and I'm just torn. I feel like he, he hasn't had a role. So why would he now? And I've been hearing all this buzz that they like what they've seen. And maybe he does have a role on this team because you can't have all big thumping linebackers. You got to have some guys that can really run and hit. And I don't, I just don't think we've seen anything from this guy. And he was pretty electric in college. So I don't know. It's going to come down to numbers as far as how many they keep. And uh, like I say, this dead money that you kind of keep bringing up or that we've been talking about with the people really only comes into play when, you know, you're cutting a rookie or cutting a big salaried player. That's where the dead money comes in. All these fringe players, you know, they're going to have barely any dead money. So it's not not much to worry about. Um, Devin Kennard is really the only one that jumps out to me here of he's got debt of 4.5. So that's why you don't move on from him this year. But 
um, everybody else. It's kind of just comes down to how you do on the field, not so much dollars and cents. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Stephen Longa. You know, I guess like him and Reeves Maimon may be playing for the same spot. Um, I think I just think Stephen Longa maybe bring a little more to the special team aspect of it. Seems like that's where he, he's played in the past. And like you said, he's been in the system, but Reeves Maven is too, but I just don't know if they seem happy with him. I mean, you brought up the quote in the past where they said they drafted him for another for another coach. And, you know, me and you both couldn't understand why a GM would say, like, well, you like him, we don't, but we'll take him for you. You know, you're the GM, you're the one making the team, and the coach's job is to put those players in the best position. So if if it came down to one of those things, I, I still think the team – the the brass may like Stephen Longa a little more than Jalen Reeves Maven, but once again that could you know change in the preseason like you know so who who knows about that? Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, this guy I didn't know where to put him. It's the last guy I want to talk about. I do want to lump him in with this linebacker group for a particular reason. So Austin Bryant, the guy the Lions took, um, they took him at number one seventeen overall, fourth round pick. This was a guy in a lot of my mock draft I had where I was taking him, but I viewed him more as kind of a, gosh, kind of a big, almost like a Deshaun hand, like a big line, defensive lineman that can move around a little bit. Um, I didn't really, you know, think about standing him up, but I mean, cause he's six, five, 260 some pounds. But when you look at him now and I watch some more tape on him, he's a, gosh, to me, he, well, he's got to be talked about in the linebackers. Cause I see his best role as sort of, I do see him backing up Devin Kennard, but I also see him being, you know, a guy that, hey, if anything happened to Aquara or, you know, heaven forbid any of the other guys on the edges go down. I, I don't see why this guy couldn't put his hand in the dirt, set the edge, as well as he's athletic enough to get after people. So he's listed as a defensive end on spot track, but I think his he was called a linebacker when they took him, and I think that he needs to be in that role because his best case scenario probably for this team, I can't remember if, if you said this or we kind of had a back and forth about it, but, um, you know, just looking at the roster in general, I think we're a little thin at defensive end. So that's why I like him there. But, you know, everything I read and see is that he's more of a, Hey, learn, learn Devin Kennard's role in case he is to get hurt and uh, use him sparingly there. So do you have a, a take on Austin Bryant? I guess we should give his, Again, fourth round pick. I mean, the numbers we see here are just that $495,000 contract. Um, got him locked up for four or five years. Really hope this guy is a tremendous player for our team. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, if that's one of those things where they said linebacker during the draft, and maybe that was their plan for him to be the the next Devin Kernard, I guess, or the we, we talk about, you know, the replacements already on the squad. They just have to develop. And so, he you know, like you said, he could be one of those guys. They, they they want him to learn, you know, both positions, you know, the defensive line and that outside linebacker, that rush outside linebacker like Devin Kennard is. And, um, and we mentioned, you know, talking about Devin Kennard, his cap hit next year is, um, you know, it's only at the 1.7 where if they feel Austin Bryant could take over that role next year, they may part ways with Kennard next year. But, uh, you know, the rookie contract, you, you know, you've been mentioning it, how it's big for the team, as long as they can develop into what they think, they, you know, they can become. Um, like, like I mentioned before, Brian, I think he got lost a little bit on that defensive line because they had so many, you know, obviously great players on it. He was kind of like the last player on that defensive line as everybody else was getting mentioned. So I, I believe Brian can have a, have, a, have a good career in the NFL. I don't know if he'll ever be like that. You know that Kevin Green outside linebacker or something like that, but I th- I think he can be um you know a very good asset for this defense. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see Brian actually. You know, um, I think he's going to be a real big hit or uh, could end up being a miss. You know, probably one or the other. But I uh, I like what he brings. I think he has that similar you know excitement level too to what Hand does, where he goes out and does his job. But when you talk to him in the locker room, he does have a little bit of juice and. Uh, I don't know. I'm just excited to add a, a guy from winning program. And, and again, like you said, uh, another defensive versatile player on a nothing contract always makes me happy. So I'm uh, excited to see that. So Grifka, man, we've talked all about some dollars and cents today. Money, 
Uh, we've talked about uh, the money. We've obviously gave our opinion on the players. Uh, another good show, man. I thought we uh, the running backs and the LBs are super important to this football team. So um, I think we need to shut this show down. I think we need to come back on Friday and uh, – we are talking uh, corners and wideouts, so I'm sure we'll have some takes on that and uh, some arguments and some good stuff for the people. So, Rivka, my final question to you is, um, hmm, let me see here. I'll make this a real hard-hitting question to end it. I mean, I don't know. I guess, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, All right, everybody. Well, thanks. Another episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. We're back Friday talking all things Lions, dollars and cents, getting closer and closer to camp. Thanks for checking us out, everybody. Check you right here on Friday morning. We're out. Drink it in, man.